Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to give you tips and tools to make your journey easier. Thanks for joining us today. This topic I am really passionate about. It's know your history to protect your freedom. Before we get started, just let me say you can access our podcast on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, or anywhere that you choose to download podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever. Okay, know your history to protect your freedom. Today is the day before Inauguration Day 2021. And this is a very disturbing time in our country. Our country is so unstable. The freedoms that we all hold dear are in so much danger. This past year, much has been done to threaten the very bedrock of the freedom our country was founded upon. You know, we hear of mobs destroying statues of men that our country held in esteem for centuries. People are trying to erase history from the minds of the people. And you know, one of the first signs of decay of a society is when their history is taken from them. And we see that happening at an alarming rate today. However, it actually began a long time ago, back in the early 1900s, although it's happening at an escalated rate now. But it was in the early 1900s, there was a movement to teach American history from purely an economic standpoint. And all the history books changed, the way they taught history changed, and actually it got a lot more boring, um, in my opinion. But there was a movement to remove all the references of God from our history. That's why they did this. So the books in the government schools changed. And, you know, the year that I went to first grade was 1962, and that's the year prayer was removed from the public schools. Very shortly after that, the Pledge of Allegiance was removed. I remember in first grade, we would stand every morning and put our hand on our hearts and say the Pledge of Allegiance. And they played the national anthem every morning before we started school. Um, Before that, they used to have prayer every morning with students, too. And there was a flag in every single classroom in our schools. But a liberal movement began to influence the minds of the children. You know, my dad was a World War II vet. Um, My parents were kind of older when they had kids, so, you know, a lot of kids my age, it would have been their grandfathers that were World War II vets. But I think it was understood that you could not take a World War II vet and change their patriotism, change the way they viewed their country. So the liberals behind this movement realized it was going to take a generation or two before they could actually influence the minds of people. And they did a really good job. You know, it was a slower process. But, you know, they had compulsory attendance. They removed prayers from the schools. They removed references of God from the textbooks. It was like a gradual implementation, so people didn't really catch on really quickly. Then it even got, I think in the 90s, where students couldn't mention God in a commencement speech or pray at a commencement. So it just gradually things got worse and worse. History began to be taught as the study of a group of people, people groups and societies and tolerance for others. It moved away from teaching history as it had been taught up to that point for generations. Um, 
my husband was a drywall contractor for many years, and he used to hire young guys to come and help. And he would ask them history questions just for fun to see if they had an understanding of the history of our country. And it was amazing. This was in the 90s. It was amazing how they did not understand history. He would ask them simple questions like, do you know who George Washington was? And one guy said, yeah, isn't he the guy that chopped down the cherry tree? Which, that story's not even true, but he didn't even know that he had been the first president. So it's amazing the job that they did in kind of removing history from the minds of people. If you've watched any of those on-the-street interviews where they talk to college students, when was the War of 1812? They can't even answer that. It, it's amazing. Just watch some every now and then. Um, it will depress you, but it will also prove that point. They also took civics out of school. I never had a civics course in high school. Used to be all high school students had a course in government and civics, and they took that out of the normal public school teaching. So my husband and I were introduced to wall builders, and I will give you a link to their website. They are wonderful. David Barton has used primary sources to find out about the history of our country and his resources are amazing. It was a real eye-opener for me. I hated history when I was in high school because it was just dry, facts, boring. I thought, how does this even affect me? I hated it. But David Barton, from him, we would listen to his presentations. He's got DVDs that you can purchase. He's also got a lot online that you can listen to for free. And he would tell stories of people in American history, and I would think, Wow, I want to find out more about that guy. I never knew about this person. For instance, um, the presidents that you don't know too much about are probably the ones that were Christians. For instance, James Garfield. Who knows anything about James Garfield except that he was a president? Well, if you study, we got a book about James Garfield that I heard David Barton talking about. And he ran away from home to work on riverboats. Um, his mom, his parents were Christians, but he spurned that. He ran away. He was working on a riverboat, and one night he fell off the riverboat. He couldn't swim. He was drowning, and he reached out to grab something, and there was a rope there. Miraculously, he pulled himself up. He was saved, and he started thinking about his life, and he realized that it was the way that the rope was attached to the boat was kind of an odd fashion. And he came to the conclusion that God had preserved his life. He returned home. When he walked in the house, he found his mom on her knees praying for his salvation. And that was so important in his life. Uh, it was a few weeks later that he actually became a Christian. And he would hold evangelistic meetings while president in the White House. That's why you don't know anything about James Garfield. It's just amazing. So I listened to a presentation by Barton about the signers of the Declaration, and I was so challenged. He said, how many of you know more than two of these signers? I knew Thomas Jefferson. I knew Benjamin Franklin. Growing up in Boston, Massachusetts, I knew John Hancock. That's it. Other than that, I didn't know any of the other of the 56 men. So I listened to his stories, I became fascinated, and I couldn't shake the feeling that I needed to do something about this. My kids didn't know these men, I didn't know these men. 
So I started doing research. I asked David Barton about where to do my research. There is this set of books that was written in the early 1800s by people that actually knew the signers of the Declaration. I researched primary source documents. And over two years, I started my research on this book, For You They Signed, the stories, true stories of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. I was amazed at the sacrifices that these guys made for our freedoms. And we don't know them anymore. For instance, Abraham Clark had two sons who were captains in the Continental Army. They were captured by the British. The British knew that they were sons of a signer. So they took them to the, bris the prison ship Jersey. And actually, more men died on that ship than died in battles because of the mistreatment on the prison ships. One of his sons was held in captivity, solitary confinement, and the only way that he survived was because a fellow prisoner would push crusts of bread through the keyhole for him. The keyholes back then were pretty large. You know, if you learn your history, they were pretty large. So he would push crusts of bread through there to supplement the meager amount of food that they gave him. He did survive. Um, Abraham Clark was told, if you will relinquish your signature on the Declaration, you can have your sons back. But he would not do it. His son was released on prisoner exchange. Sometime later, he was emaciated, but he did survive. Another man, John Hart, had 13 children. He was from New Jersey. The British were coming into New Jersey. His neighbors came and said, please leave. They're after you. They're coming to capture you. The British wanted to capture all the signers and hang them. Um, so he took off. He, well, he actually had a wife who was debilitated. She couldn't get out of bed. And he said, I can't leave my wife. And the neighbor said, we'll take care of your wife. We need you. Please go hide. So he went and hid in the woods for, it was over a year that he hid in the woods. Um, one night it was so cold, he had a dog sleep with him to keep him warm enough. By the time the British left New Jersey, he went back. His farm was devastated. His children were scattered, and his wife had died because of the disease that she had. It's just, it's amazing what these guys suffered, and we don't even know who they are. It's just unbelievable. Another thing that I found that was so amazing, the vast majority of these 56 men were born-again Christians. And you can know that because so many of them in their last will and testament wrote a statement of what they believed about Jesus Christ because they didn't want their posterity to ever wonder about it. In colleges all across this land, they use a book called The Godless Constitution. And in that book, it propagates lies about the founders. But at the very end, it says, we've dispensed with the usual practice of footnoting because we all know the founders were deists. They have no proof. And we have proof because these guys wrote. These guys were prolific writers. You don't have to believe me. You can go and look up their writings and find out the truth. I'm going to give you just a couple of examples. Benjamin Rush, this is his statement. My only hope of salvation is in the infinite transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. Here's another deist. See if this sounds like a deist to you. 
I believe there's one living and true God existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and that at the end of the world there will be a resurrection from the dead and a final judgment of all mankind, when the righteous shall be publicly acquitted before Christ the Judge and be admitted to everlasting life and glory, and the wicked be sentenced to everlasting punishment. Now that's just two. I could spend a whole hour reading their statements to you. This is the heritage that we have in our country that we don't know about anymore. You can know what the signers believed. You know, not all of them were Christians. The ones that most everyone knows are Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin, and they were probably not born again. But they all held the Bible in high regard. Thomas Jefferson, when he was President of the United States, made the Bible the main textbook in Washington, D.C. city schools. He also, you might have heard, cut the words of Jesus out of his Bible. And the liberals make us think he did that because he didn't believe the words of Jesus. But the reason he did that, he had a special Bible, he cut the words of Jesus out. He made a special textbook to use in evangelizing the Indians. And that was why he cut the words of Jesus out. You might also have heard that he had a child by a slave girl. That is not true. And if you want more information about Thomas Jefferson, David Barton has written a great book, Jefferson Lies. And it tells how there was a movement about to kind of bash um, our godly heritage in our nation and to make the signers out as perverts. And anyway, they, they did that with Jefferson. Um, Benjamin Franklin, too, he called for prayer in the Continental Congress. You know, these men were raised by the Bible they were raised by principles in the Bible, and they had a high regard for Christian principles. You know, so that's the first book. I am making, I'm putting together a package of books to help you teach your kids about the freedom, how our freedom was born in this country, for the purpose of preserving the freedoms we have today. It's fast disappearing. Your kids need to first know the truth, and then get active in the public square to preserve those freedoms. For You They Signed is the first book in the package. While I was doing my research for For You They Signed, I ran across so many other stories of people that were not signers that I just had to share those stories with you. Profiles of Valor has 40 stories of people that played a major role in the War of Independence. People, some that you've heard about, like George Washington, Sam Adams, Others, like the Reverend Jonathan Mayhew, the Reverend Jacob Duchesne, pastors played a huge role in the American Revolution. Wentworth Cheswell, a black man. Colonel Ethan Allen, Reverend Lemuel Haynes, a black preacher. Um, Henry Knox, Samuel Franz, who helped discover a plot to kill Washington. Oliver Walcott, oh, their stories. He... Um, at the reading of the Declaration, Patriots tore down a statue of King George. Oliver Walcott took the statue of King George back home to Connecticut, and he, his wife and kids melted down the bullets from the King George statue, which he later used at the Battle of Saratoga to fight against the British. 
it's just, it's so many stories that you guys need to hear about. Mark, Marquis Lafayette, Haim Solomon, um, Reverend James Caldwell. Oh, I could go on and on and tell you their stories, but the Reverend James Caldwell is the preacher who took the Isaac Watts hymn books. The men in the Continental Army needed more wadding for their guns, so he brought the Isaac Watts hymn books out and said, give them Watts, and they tore the pages out and used the pages of the hymn books for wadding. His wife had been brutally killed by the British just months before that occurred. And you can find his story in there and so many others. Your kids need to know these stories. Two more books I want to tell you about that I'm putting in this package are The Fight for Freedom and America's Struggle to Become a Nation. Several years ago, Master Books asked Rick and I to write history books to be used as curriculum. And that started an incredible adventure. We used primary source documents, and mainly we used history books that had been written in the 1800s to be for use in the public schools. My great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, they knew the stories that you will find in these books. Every public school child knew the stories. We had many copies of textbooks used in the 1800s, and all of them had these stories. Everybody knew these true stories of patriots, and we don't know them anymore. Even stories of the providence of God, in so many cases, God intervened through natural occurrences in favor of the Americans. There was a British general that was heard to say, it appears that an invisible hand is working in behalf of the colonists. And it was evident to the colonists that natural events occurred that they could not control that were an act of God. And I want to just read one to you that's in the fight for freedom, the Battle of Dorchester Heights. It's pretty short. Let me tell you about an instance of the marvelous hand of God in the behalf of the colonists. It happened at Dorchester Heights. At this time, the British had captured Boston. Washington knew he needed to strengthen Dorchester Heights, which was a big hill, to try to drive the British away. During the night, the soldiers carried bales of hay and drove wagons and supplies up the hill. It was a hazy night, down at the foot of the hill, that is. Once the men got to the top, it was crystal clear, and they could see to build their fortifications. In the morning, when the British general awoke, he was surprised to see the colonial army had captured the hill. He was reported to have said the American army got more done in one night than my men would have done in six months. Still, he prepared his cannons on his ships to take the hill. That night, a natural disaster occurred in favor of the American troops. A terrible storm blew up, such as no one had ever seen. It blew the British ships around and broke their masts. In the morning, the general saw that his ships were wrecked, and he knew by the time he got things repaired, the Americans would have too much of an advantage. Reverend William Gordon, a local preacher, later said, quote, When I heard in the night how amazingly strong the wind blew, I pleased myself with the reflection that the Lord might be working delivery for us, and thus prevent prevent the diffusion of human blood. It proved to be so. So without shedding a drop of blood, the British quickly withdrew their 10,000 soldiers from the city of Boston on March 17, 1776. The victory at Dorchester Heights gave great confidence to the Americans. You will hear stories of things like that in this book. 
you know, it's been proven that kids remember history if it's told in story format. And that's what these history books that we used did, and that's what we replicated in our history books. We tell history through the stories of real men, real people, real events, things that happened to them in their lives. And kids remember that. They remember the stories of real people. The Fight for Freedom has 34 stories. People like Francis Marion, Lydia Dara, Patrick Henry, Sam Adams, Colonel William Moultrie, Israel Putnam. You learn history from the lives of the people that lived it in an uh, engaging way that your kids will not forget. Another, yeah, the second book is also about the War of Independence. And people have said to us, why do you have so much available about the War of Independence? It's because that is the bedrock of our freedom. That's when our freedom was established. It was built on biblical principles. And your kids need to know this. The reason that freedom is slipping away in our country now is people don't know their history. They don't understand that our Constitution, that the Declaration was built on biblical principles. We actually have a chapter in this book, America's Struggle, to deal with the Constitution and explain the Constitution to your family. You need to know that. We also have a lot of character um, references in there. We have a call out called Make Your Life Count. George Washington once said, make sure you're doing what God wants you to do, then do it with all your strength. You might be surprised how many people you know drifting through life, just doing enough to get by. Many people go to work, come home, eat supper, and spend the rest of the evening watching television. They don't serve others through volunteer work, improve their minds by reading a good book, or make an effort to share the gospel. They just try to have fun and avoid doing anything hard at all. Washington wasn't like that, and we're glad he wasn't. His life was far from easy because he worked hard and faced danger for the sake of doing important things. He served others as top general in the War of Independence, which surely would have gotten him hanged if the British had won. He worked hard and left his beloved home for many weeks to lead the meeting that gave our Constitution as a nation. He did many other hard and courageous things too, and it was always for the purpose of serving God and his country. I hope you don't want to play your life away. Your country, your family, and God's kingdom need people who want to accomplish things with their lives. Ask God to show you some great works that you can do, and then attack them with all the strength that you have. Nothing else in the world is worth living for. This is the kind of information you will find in these books. Information about men in history, and also call-outs to help your kids apply that to their life so that they can have an effect on their world. We need that so badly right now in our world. Um, I just want to read to you, we sent these books to Chief Justice Roy Moore. He's the Ten Commandments judge from Alabama. He deserves our respect. He has fought for our freedom in our present day. He read these books from cover to cover. He said, as a graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point and a veteran of Vietnam, I have the greatest respect and love for our country. Unfortunately, our children are not being taught the history of our nation in most of our public and private schools. America's struggle to become a nation and the fight for freedom written by Rick and Marilyn Boyer 
together with the student worksheets and biographical reference materials, are an outstanding and invaluable information resource for teaching the formation and development of the United States of America. Rick and Marilyn have done a remarkable job of documenting the struggles and sacrifices of brave men and women who, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, risked their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to build this land that we love. Every American would benefit by reading these marvelous works designed to preserve our heritage as a nation. You know, he called me personally after he read these books. He said he's a huge history buff, but there was stuff in these books that he didn't know. And that's, it's the stuff that our grandparents, great-grandparents and great-great-parents, everybody knew. Every school child knew this information. He also said he recommended them to be read by his son, who's going to West Point. I considered it a super great honor that he called me. And he talked to me for around 15 minutes. And he's been such a stalwart defender of freedom. And he deserves our honor and respect. But just in closing, I cannot emphasize how vital it is for your family to become informed of our history. This is the time where we as Christians need to be involved in the public square. It's because we haven't done that. We've been too complacent that our country's in such a mess that it's in now. So the first step is informing your family. The second step is getting engaged. And we might do a podcast about that um, at another time with my husband and son. But anyway, I have packaged these four books together for you. And... I'm giving you a 35% discount to get these together as a package. You can find them on our website. You'll find a link below in the show notes. And I would strongly encourage you to get them and read them as a family. If you have any of them, you can also purchase them individually. That will be an option for you, too, as well. Our website is characterconcepts.com. We do character curriculum from preschool through high school. We implement history in so many cases. We, we implement character into the history of the lives of people that demonstrated it, that put shoe leather on what character is all about. And we can learn so much from their lives. So as always, any time that you spend teaching your kids, character is not wasted. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please join me in praying for our country, informing our kids, and getting out there and making a difference. We are left here to impact our world for the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you guys can do that as a family. And please feel free to, to contact me anytime with any ideas that you have. I'd love to hear the ideas that you have as well. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.